Praise the Lord and good morning, family. Welcome to the St. Paul Baptist Church, where we are convincing the unconvinced to be convinced and make disciples as we connect, lift, and inspire you. Even though summer hasn't officially begun, it's certainly gotten hot out there in a lot of ways. We hope that you are staying safe and well in these times. And for everyone who's connected with us via Facebook, the church website, or YouTube, join us in the chat boxes so our Digi ministers can engage with you in worship and have prayer with you. Also, please invite others to join you in online worship with us, but try not to create your own watch group. We want to see you all in the vigil. And now let's enter into worship. When the clock hits zero, our worship will begin. And stay tuned after service for our upcoming announcements regarding what's happening with St. Paul. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Uh, it is a good day, to, a good day to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It surely is a good day. I've already started sweating, so the Holy Spirit must be present within us here in the sanctuary. I'm going to go ahead, and uh, today would, would technically be Youth Convocation Sunday, and this would be a day where youth help us out with worship, and we somehow managed to still make that happen, praise God. And so I'm going to go ahead and call Kennedy Williams up, and she's going to give our call to worship. CJ will do our scripture reading, and then Aaron Thompson will be doing our prayer. All right? Thank you so much. Y'all welcome her with open arms. St. Paul, my name is Kennedy Williams, and I am 11 years old. Can I just say we serve an awesome God? Amen. Psalms 105, verse 1 through 3 says, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. If you're excited to be at church this morning like I am, go ahead and give God praise wherever you are. You can leave a comment down below to engage with us also. This virus cannot keep us from praising our God for all that he has done for us. If you did not know this already, today would be our annual youth day. So to all the kids out there, happy annual youth Sunday. Amen. <laughs> We celebrate the St. Paul youth. The youth will be helping us worship with worship this morning. Following our opening hymn, CJ will read the scripture and Aaron will say the prayer of invocation. Now let's join together in singing our opening hymn, Deeper, Deeper.
morning. My name is CJ Aquara, and I'll be doing this morning's scripture reading. Please open your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter 46, verse 7 through 10. I'll be reading from the New International Version. It says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and thank you for waking us up. I pray for the St. Paul Church family and those watching and listening today and those who could not join. I pray for the sick and shut in and those who have lost loved ones. Please give them comfort and peace. I pray for all the youth as you watch over us. There is so much going on in this world, violence, virus, and injustice. Mm -hmm. Please help us make good decisions and allow Reverend Peyton's sermon today to touch us all. Yes. I pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Have a great day.
today, please um, let us know who you were sharing this experience with. Please feel free to take a selfie. We'd like, uh, like you to share the link and definitely send that out to your friends. Invite them to join into worship um, with us and to be a part of this moment. Um, and if this is your first time engaging with us um, for the St. Paul Church online, then let us know. Let us know and share with us with a first-time visitor's link and uh, join us in our private Facebook group. Come and be a part of this awesome experience. You are more than welcome. We love you and we care about you. We want you to experience God in a mighty way through the St. Paul Church. With that being said, we're going to go ahead now and have our pastoral observations. Although Pastor is not present with us here, he's definitely got some things to say. And so we're going to go ahead and take uh, tune in there. Good morning, disciples of St. Paul and those who are watching us online as visitors and friends. We greet you with Jesus' joy. I'm Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott, senior pastor here at the St. Paul Baptist Church. Today, Reverend Peyton C. will be preaching the word of God, and I thank God for him. It is considered to be our Youth Convocation Sunday. So I want you all to know that Pierre Cheris and I are out of town uh, on vacation. We are taking a break. However, I do want to share a couple of observations with you all as we move forward through this worship experience. Our food pantry served 169 families this past week, and I want to thank Sister Felicia Knowles and her crew for all the work that they have done, and I want to thank you for your generosity and your graciousness as far as your gifts of finances to help support this particular effort. As we, are, as we bless those in our community. In addition to our Wednesday food drive distribution, we have coordinated with the Belmont community. We now host a food distribution service on Wednesday 
in the parking lot of Central Square from 3.30 to 5.30. And so anyone who desires food in the Belmont neighborhood is more than welcome to come and partake of that. I also want to thank Sister Jennifer Thompson for the 38th birthday celebration as far as uh, giving a major donation to our food pantry as far as uh, the work is concerned. Thank you so very, very much. And I know that was in honor of many of your loved ones who have shared as far as the food pantry is concerned in the past. So I appreciate that. I also want to thank those disciples who joined us as far as our virtual church conference is concerned on yesterday. And I appreciate your attendance as far as that conference is concerned and helping us to move forward the work and the witness here at St. Paul Baptist Church. Thank you all so very, very much for joining us as far as that call is concerned. I want to thank those disciples that joined us for the quick 15 with the pastor on this past Wednesday. Uh, hearing your voices and, of course, sharing with you all uh, in prayer is a highlight for my week, and I thank God for that. I want you to know we will not have Bible study anymore until the first Thursday of September. And on the first Thursday of September, we will be starting a study on Paul's letter to the Christians at Philippi or the letter to the Philippians. So I want to encourage you, read the letter to the Philippians. And on the first Sunday in, Sept in first Thursday in September, we will start our Bible study as far as that's concerned. We will also be going on sabbatical as far as the church is concerned during the month of August. And so we're going to ask that if you can to refrain from having ministry meetings, give folks a break. I don't know about anybody else, but I am getting Zoom fatigue and I'm getting screen fatigue. And so people need a break. One of the things I want to encourage you to do, if you get out, please, ma'am, please, sir, mask up. Make sure you wash your hands. Take care of yourself. If you go out anywhere, I want you good and I want you protected. Also, we will be taking a break as far as Turn Up Tuesdays are concerned, and that will be coming back sometime in the fall. It's prayer time. And before we get ready to have prayer, I just want to present to you uh, some prayer concerns that uh, we bring before you. Of course, we want to continue to Lift up those that are sick and shut in, and you will see the names of persons who are sick and shut in running at the bottom of your screen. And that's as far as that call is concerned. A letter to the Philippians. Give, please, sir, mask up. Make sure you wash your hands. Take care of yourself. If you go out anywhere, I want you good and I want you protected. Also, we'll be taking a break as far as Turn Up Tuesdays are concerned, and that will be coming back sometime in the fall. It's prayer time. And before we get ready to have prayer, I just want to present to you uh, some prayer concerns that uh, we bring before you. Of course, we want to continue to lift up those that are sick and shut in, and you will see the names of persons who are sick and shut in 
running at the bottom of your screen. Specifically, we want to lift up the family of Sister Doris Key, whose funeral was this past Friday. And we want to flank that family with our prayers as the Lord will give them comfort in the midst of their grief. We also want to lift up Brother Algernon and Monique Williams, whose son DeAndre had an accident this past week in Charleston, South Carolina. While he is doing better, they had to go there to check up on him, and we want to continue to pray for them and for his recovery. As we move forward, as far as prayer is concerned, I want you to be mindful of others in our community, in your space, who need prayer. And so as we prepare to have prayer, if you would just call out those particular names and situations, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. stand if you'd like or stay seated, uh, but go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads and uh, join with me in this time of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord, with, uh, with hearts, some that are heavy, God, some that are in need of, in need of hope, um, in need of uh, a voice, God, of truth to come to them this morning and tell them that things are going to be okay. God, in this prayer moment, Lord, I lift up, Lord, those in our St. Paul family that are struggling right now, those that have experienced loss, those that are that are sick and are looking to be healed, those that are, have been experiencing, experiencing this virus and have been affected by it, God, in more ways than just one. Whether their loved ones, God, have fallen sick or, or they themselves, God, have experienced it, Lord, I pray that you would work in a mighty way right now, God, that you would work in such a way, God, that shows that COVID is no match for you, no match for your healing, no match for who you are, the type of God that you are and want to be. God, we love you so, so very, very much. Lord, I pray that as we continue to do the work at the St. Paul Church, that you continue to bless everything that we have pushed out, God. We have been able to bless and help over hundreds and thousands of families even during this time, God. You are proof, and you are proof that, man, this coronavirus cannot shut down the light that the church can be in our communities and in our world, showing us, God, that the church can really be the hands and the feet of Jesus if we let it. God, I pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts, stir in us this morning. Open, open us, Lord, to what you're going to have to say through your word, what you are going to have to bring to our minds and in our hearts. God, I ask that you would just press upon us, Lord, your son Jesus, this morning, the hope that is found in him. We love you so very, very much, God, and I thank you, Lord, I thank you that we can still come together as a church family to worship you this morning. We thank you for that, God. We praise your wonderful name, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now we're going to enter into a time of offering, and I would just ask that you would go ahead and turn to the screen as well. Pastor's still staying busy, man. I'm keeping him doing this offering moment too, so go ahead and pay attention to the screen, all right? It's time to give, and what a blessed opportunity it is for us to be a blessing as far as the work of the kingdom is concerned. I've shared with you that we had our church conference on yesterday. And so we have a budget where we need to average at least $50,000 per Sunday to meet this particular budget. Can it be done even in the midst of a pandemic? It can. 
However, it's going to call for those of us that are strong to bear the infirmity of the weak. And, of course, when we have our annual days, we're going to need you to give. Why? Because we're supporting missions and ministries and work throughout this city, state, country, and world. Particularly, two of the main entities we give major support to is Lot Carey, as well as the General Baptist State Commission, as far as their missions are concerned. And so as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at the St. Paul Church. The first way you can give is by sending your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can bring your cash in your envelope and drop it off at the church. However, if you want to do that, please call the church, 704-334-5309, and see if someone is here before you decide you want to bring your offering and drop it off here at the church. The second and secure way you can give is through our website. If you go to the website, you will see the giving options there, and you can click on those options and give safely and securely. The third safe and secure way you can give is through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this beautiful sanctuary, and that means you have the right St. Paul connected to your favorite credit card, and you can give as far as that is concerned. So as we prepare to give, I want you to take your offering in your right hand because we want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let us prepare to give. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as this moment of giving is concerned. We don't take for granted the ability to be a blessing as far as the work of the kingdom is concerned. God, you know what we are expecting to do. And I believe that even in the midst of a pandemic situation, you can empower us to achieve that and even greater. So Lord, I speak it now into existence, greater, even in the midst of a pandemic. Touch the heart of these men and women who are watching us online across the city, across the state, across the country and even the globe. Bless them in such a way that they will give as you have blessed them to give. Bless those who are tithing. Bless those who may not be tithing, but are giving something. And God, bless those who do not even have income, but they're trying to do something. Touch them in a miraculous way. Show them, God, that even out of their poverty, you can give blessings that will blow their mind. As we give these gifts, we consecrate them to you right now so that we can use them for the continued work, word, and witness through the St. Paul Church so you'll be glorified, you'll be edified, and you'll be exalted. It is in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray, and in his name, we claim it done. Amen. So as you prepare to give, our ensemble will sing. The next voice you will hear will be that of our children and youth minister, Reverend Peyton C., Pray for him, pray with him that the Lord will use him in a mighty and a marvelous way. I love you all. If the Lord sees the same, says the same, I'll see you all on next Sunday.
so much, and I really wish that you could be here right now to experience the Spirit of God moving in such a mighty way right now in this place. There are moments, praise be to God, there are moments that, there are moments that the Holy Spirit just tells you to shut up, and I definitely felt that, man. Praise God. Praise God. We never would have made it, never would have made it without Him. Never would have made it without Him. It's definitely God. I don't count it a coincidence uh, that Scott picked a song that talks about a mountain. And we'll be talking about some mountains this morning. We'll be talking about some mountains where God brings revelation. God brings salvation to us and hope into our darkest moments. Amen. Gosh. Gosh, overwhelmed, y'all. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Praise God. Praise God. Y'all give him praise. Can y'all give him praise, please? Y'all give him praise. God is still moving even through this time, y'all. And I just want to say good morning, church. Let me say what's up to my impact children and youth, although I'm not doing my impact children and uh, children and youth moment this Sunday. Man, I, I still got to show y'all some love. I still got to show y'all some love. And so I want you guys to know that I do love you, and I want to give, uh, before I begin my message today, I do want to say a big thank you to Kennedy and to Aaron, to CJ, um, and you guys showed the wonderful gifts that God has given you guys to, to serve and to do amazing things for God and His kingdom, and I appreciate you guys helping me out this morning more than you know. It means a lot, and it's good to see you guys too. I've missed you all very much. And let me also say a huge thank you to Pastor uh, for giving me, the, giving me the pulpit this Sunday and for calling on me to preach. Pastor knew my vacation was coming up after service, so he wanted me to use me up one last time, man, before I head off the vacation. So I, I thank him for this, man. I count this a tremendous blessing and a privilege. Um, as I told my friends, I've been promoted to the big leagues for this Sunday. I've been promoted to the big leagues. So thank you, Pastor. I wish you well, man, where you are. Now, if you would, please turn with me in your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to dig into God's Word a little bit, if that's all right. Let's go ahead and turn your Bibles uh, with me to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. If you can please stand in your sanctuary or at home, um, if you are able. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. I will be reading from the New International Version, which says this, and it should be on your screen as well. There he, Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, 
torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of over Haram, Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Maholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. God's word for God's people. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this morning's message is Whispering Hope. Whispering Hope. Our bottom line, and yes, the kid in all of us needs a bottom line, so i got a bottom line for you guys today. Our bottom line is hope whispers, God will deliver. Hope whispers, God will deliver. Many of our impact youth know my story. Many of, uh, many of our impact children and youth know that I have told them of my struggles, a big part of my testimony of struggling with anxiety and depression. God has led me to share some of that with you today, realizing that some of you may not have heard part of my story. It was around fifth grade that I first started seeing a therapist. My soon-to-be middle school self was so filled with anxiety. My obsessive thoughts of low self-esteem and feelings of unworthiness reigned supreme in my mind. As time went on, I started to believe my thoughts and what the bullies said about me. Maybe they were right, and maybe I'm right too. When you tell yourself enough times that you don't have a purpose, you really do start to believe that. I really did wonder how God could use someone who people said was too small, had too squeaky of a voice, and who some people made the butt of their jokes. More time passed, and the closer I got to high school, the more my anxiety and my need for perfectionist attitude grew. Depressive thoughts started to creep in, and I vividly remember some of the panic attacks that I had. The ones where your mind and your thoughts are running at 100 miles per hour, where your heart is just beating out of your chest. One thought of worthlessness in my mind replaced another. And as the walls felt like they were closing in around me, I struggled to breathe from the self-induced pressure that I placed upon myself. There were nights and there were times when I felt like I had no more tears to cry. And those closest to me know that best. It was in the downstairs floor of my home in Virginia where I talked with my mom about taking a drill to my head just to get the thoughts out, just to make them stop. Never once had I thought about taking my own life before. But at that point in time, it was almost all I could think about. I never attempted it, but I thought about it. I fantasized about it. And I even held a knife up to my wrist some nights just thinking about it. Every time I looked in the mirror, I saw a kid that no one loved. Not even God. For who could love me? He had no use for someone like me. He had no use for someone so small. He had no use for someone filled with anxiety. I felt that. I felt that. I'm definitely missing my words. 
sorry, y'all. <laughs> At least for me, guys, that's, that's what the voices in my head kept telling me. Those were the things that I thought about. And yes, suicide and depression was so real that it is what began to dominate my life. But that's where I came to my bottom line for us today. Hope whispers, God will deliver. So my question for you today is, have you ever struggled with anxiety and depression? Have you ever thought suicidal thoughts? Have you ever felt so unworthy that you thought and you, you came up with the idea that God couldn't love you? That he couldn't use you anymore and that there was no purpose for you to live any longer? Sadly, we are living in a time right now where mental health, anxiety, and depression are very real for many people. So real, in fact, that a Washington Post article published back in May said that one of the ways a pandemic like COVID wreaks havoc with its deadly form is through the shadow of mental health problems and psychological trauma that it casts on those that it affects, both directly and indirectly. Shoot, just think about every trip that you take to your local Walmart. I know every trip that I've been, it feels like a war zone. Masks on everyone's faces make it feel like we are in some terrible, horrible horror movie that I want no parts of. The article from the Post says that a pandemic can affect people in many different ways. Social distancing increases feelings of isolation and loneliness. For those of us that draw our energy from healthy social interaction with other people, we find ourselves burnt out and suffering from compassion fatigue. Then, bad news stories or even reports of the growing number of cases of COVID and the deaths in our country can feed screen fatigue, despair, and sadness. The CDC official site says that stress from a pandemic can also have several other effects. Fear and worry about your own health and the health of your loved ones. Your financial situation or job or loss of support services that you rely on. Changes in sleep or eating patterns. Difficulty sleeping or concentrating. Worsening of chronic health problems. Increased use of tobacco and or alcohol and other substances. There is a reason the ABC store hasn't gone broke, y'all. Recently, we might want to add the difficult decision every parent has to face about whether or not it is the right time to send their children back to school in this country when the leadership in our nation seems to care more about the financial incentives than they do about the lives of our children and the teachers and educators that teach them. My, my, did I say that? Then on top of that, we find ourselves amid a country that cannot accept the fact that black lives indeed still do not matter like they should. I've often seen it on social media and on the internet that there are two pandemics going on right now. One is COVID and the other is racism. How long will black men and women, young and old, have to fear for their lives every time they encounter police? When they are taking a jog, when they are sleeping in their car? My black brothers and sisters are tired of this and I can't blame them. I don't want to ever have to look at another video on social media, on Twitter or Facebook of another black man or woman dying at the hands of police brutality or hate crimes. That's enough to make anyone depressed, especially my black church family that continues to see their racial community decimated at the hands of these hate crimes and police brutality. All of this, racism and COVID alike, are strong enough to create added fear and stress in all of us. With heavy hearts and persistent tears, we find ourselves so weighed down by the troubles of this world that we cannot help but let out our bottom line with a dejected voice. Hope whispers, God will deliver, right? I think many of us 
can find a part of ourselves yet still past or present in the character of Elijah. Elijah, a man of God and a prophet who witnessed several mighty acts and miracles of God, finds himself depressed and disheartened in our passage this morning. No way, Reverend C. A Christian can feel depressed. What? You better believe it. He was in need of some hope. Elijah was. We can feel depressed as Christians, and a lot of us may find ourselves in need of hope, in need of some optimism that says that things are going to turn out all right, despite what we are going through. You see, Elijah was called by God to do battle with the forces of Baal, an idol and an opposing God of worship that the Israelites could not get enough of. There were prophets that Elijah ran into that loved to lead the people astray, encouraging them to worship this false god. If you know of Elijah, then you know that he's not on the biblical scene for a long time. In fact, it's a very short period of time, a couple chapters in fact. But in that time, it is an impactful one at that. God sent Elijah to steer the hearts and minds of the Israelites back to the Lord, back to Yahweh, the one true God. However, the people were so caught up in their own entanglement. They wanted the benefit of being God's chosen people while also being able to kiss and to worship the false god Baal on the side. My God. Elijah led them all up to Mount Carmel. He was going to show them who the superior God was. Two bulls meant to be offered as a sacrifice. The prophets of Baal would cry out to their God and Elijah would cry out to his. The God of Israel, the God of Jacob. If you've paid attention in Sunday school, then you know the rest of this story. The prophets of Baal yelled, they hollered, they screamed, they shouted out, they beat their chest, waiting for their god Baal to send fire from heaven to consume their offering, but their cries were met by deaf ears. Elijah taunted them, saying, maybe your god is busy. Maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's lounging around, maybe he's so asleep that you need to wake him up, shout louder, he taunted them. Yell louder. When it was Elijah's turn, he demonstrated absolute confidence in the one true God. He called his shot, he stepped forward, he prayed a prayer, and he watched God send fire down from heaven, consuming both the sacrifice and the water around it that he asked them to cover it with because he was that confident that God would send fire to consume his sacrifice. Hope whispers, God will deliver. Once over, God had Elijah put the false prophets to death. Queen Jezebel, the leader and one of the biggest, biggest promoters of the cult worship of Baal, was furious that Elijah had her prophets put to death. She sent a messenger to Elijah that she would have him killed like the other prophets of the Lord that she had murdered. Distraught and afraid, Elijah ran for his life. He fled and he, because the threat of Jezebel was so real, he had seen it happen. He had seen his friends die. He had seen other prophets fall by the sword. So Jezebel's threat was not empty. He ran as one of the minority of prophets left in Israel that still worshipped Yahweh. Depressed and scared for his life, Elijah fled into the wilderness, sat under a bush, and he prayed that God might take him. He prayed that he might die. And that's where I start to relate a little bit to Elijah. I don't know about you all. Yet God had mercy on him, and he sent an angel with bread and water, and God strengthened him. Yet instead of going back where he came from, Elijah social distanced himself from everybody else. Everyone and settled into the cave of Mount Horeb. That's right, we found a, found a, find a mountain in this passage, y'all. Mount Horeb, or Mount Sinai, as it is also called, was the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Elijah settled there for the night. 
Except if there's one thing for certain, we know that it's impossible to social distance ourselves from God. Amen? Picture this. While in the cave, Elijah, we can't help but think that he felt alone. He is by himself in this cave all alone. Not to mention it was probably extremely dark, probably very cold. And who knows what other kinds of danger might lay waiting around him while he sits in the crook of this mountain. Does that sound familiar? Isolated and lonely, in need, afraid and depressed. While he hid in the cave, our scripture says the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? The Lord asked him. As if to say, I've already delivered you from so much. Why did you flee? I fed you when you had nothing. I've looked out for you when you could not look out for yourself. And I have saved you and other prophets when others had fallen by the sword. Man, I love that God says this. Why did you flee? Why are you here? Me personally, I see that God is a parent. He knows exactly He knows exactly what his kid is going through. He knows exactly what his child Elijah is experiencing. He knows the trouble that he is feeling around him. But he wants to hear Elijah own up to it. He wants to hear Elijah come forward, but he doesn't. Elijah says, but God, I've been very zealous. I've been passionate. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've been passionate for you. And the other Israelites, they've rejected your covenant. They've pushed you away. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Now listen, while studying this passage, it felt like almost every commentary I went through, it felt like almost every scholar painted Elijah in a bad light. Personally, I don't think that's quite fair. Because Elijah isn't necessarily just complaining here. There are some complaints. There are some exaggerations being thrown out. Is he exaggerating some? Absolutely. Because he isn't the only prophet left. We know that. We know that God has saved more. But Elijah, guys, is faced with the real possibility that that threat that is made against his life and the people of God is so real that the people of God that he, that he was sent to preach to were in fact trying to kill him just like they did the other prophets, his friends, and people around him. When we find ourselves depressed, it's easy, like Elijah, to feel like our present circumstance or our current situation is so much greater, is built up so much higher that we can't see over the tops of those walls to see the hope that lies beyond them. The light at the end of the tunnel. If we could only step outside of our situation, we would be able to realize that God has written on the walls around us, hope whispers, God will deliver. I absolutely love what happens next. God tells Elijah to go out of the cave, stand on the mountain, and be in the presence of the Lord. For God is about to pass by in a mighty way. The reason I love this so much is because God appears and wants to meet Elijah. And anytime God wants to meet you, man, that sounds like quite the experience to be a part of. He is going to appear to him. But Elijah has to come outside. Elijah has to draw near to God. God's going to be waiting, but he's got to come to God. James 4, 8, Scripture says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Amen? What an amazing truth that God is willing to come meet us in the midst of our sadness and our despair to comfort us with His presence. But church, we can't experience this presence if we do not take time to go meet Him too. We can't experience hope if we don't seek the author of it. Before God appears to Elijah, something mystical and mysterious happens. A great and powerful wind comes and and man, it tears apart everything that, that is around Elijah. It tears apart the mountain that he sees. It's so strong that it shatters some of the rocks. Scripture says, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
Then an earthquake happens, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the quake, then a fire comes, but the Lord was not in the fire. Eric, lastly, after the fire comes, what my translation says is a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. Other translations might have said this. They might have said the sound of a low whisper, a still, small voice. Others might have said a sheer silence that God speaks from. We need to be still and know that God is God. CJ, you read that scripture, didn't you? We need to be still and know that God is God. And God was known to speak through mighty ways at that time. He was known to speak through fire. He was known to speak through crazy natural phenomena like the earthquake, like this crazy wind, like this blazing fire. It was a part of how God had manifested or shown himself to humankind in the past. But instead, God chooses to speak to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Not a fire, not an earthquake, not a wind, not a screaming voice or a yelling echo. But it's a small, gentle whisper. I can't help but be reminded of that night that I was in the floor downstairs telling my mom about wanting to get the thoughts out while I bawled my eyes out in the fetal position. To to calm me down, my mother spoke to me in a gentle voice of love. That's what's so powerful about the way that God speaks to Elijah. Like a mother, I feel like with that gentle whisper, like my mother did for me, he's wrapping his everlasting arms around Elijah, telling him that it's going to be okay. God meets him in his pain and speaks to him in a way that's going to get through to him. Y'all, we serve a heavenly father that can speak to us in so many different ways. And he speaks to us in a way that is going to get through specifically to each of his children, knowing all of our needs. It's different from the, one, the way one would expect. Yet this gentle whisper is what Elijah needs to hear. We too need to slow down, quiet ourselves, and listen to the voice of God that speaks into our brokenness. You know what that voice says? That voice says, hope whispers, God will deliver. Then again, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? God's hoping that he's gotten through to Elijah. You would think that after the wind, after the fire, after the earthquake, after that gentle whisper, that he has gotten through to Elijah. But sadly, Elijah, struck in the current, uh, stuck in the current troubling situation, misses what God tried to reveal to him. Elijah didn't need to be afraid of Jezebel. God would keep him safe because God had a plan that Elijah was a part of and he wasn't done with him just yet. But Elijah responds like many of us with the same complaints and exaggerations as before. But again, we have to look beyond our current predicament, beyond our current situation to see the hope that lies at the horizon. Like a patient parent, God gives Elijah instructions on what to do. He still believes that Elijah can obey. He will help anoint new kings and leaders who would help preserve and defend what God had saved. Elisha was going to build on the progress that Elijah had started. Elisha was going to continue what had gone on, what God had done through him. So the Lord, to me, guys, gives Elijah a final reason to hope. In his loneliness and despair, Elijah is told by God that there are 7,000 in Israel who have remained faithful. 7,000 who have not turned to worship and have not bowed down to this side chick, this false God, Baal. God, God is faithful to those who keep his commands. God is faithful to a thousand generations, generation after generation, to those that obey him, that seek his face. He will not leave us nor forsake us if we put our trust in him. And God will come through. God is on our side, amen? God is on our side. Those are the promises that we have from Lord, and therefore I think that hope that is before Elijah is the same hope that we have access to today. 
Church family, this is where the shout of the text is for me, though. We keep saying God will deliver. This is what hope whispers, right? God will deliver. But yet the truth of this passage that we have kept saying over and over that God will deliver, man, the ironic part is that it's already happened. God has delivered. God has said, not will, but I have. I have delivered you already. Elijah thought that his preaching and that his prophesying was in vain, but yet God told him otherwise. He thought that he was all alone. He thought that he was ready to die. But God had said, I'm not done with you just yet. I've saved a remnant. I've saved more people. I have saved more prophets that you can call your friends and family of the Israelite nation. Our sovereign God had delivered his people already. He used Elijah to help preserve them. And to me, that's where part of the shout is. Elijah doesn't even realize it. That part of the things that God had used him to do was to help save that 7,000. To help them remain faithful and that God had preserved them, kept them, and delivered them through even the darkest of times. 7,000, get this, 7,000 had lasted past the sword of Jezebel. 7,000 did not die at the hands of evil. 7,000 did not die from the hands of darkness. 7,000 prevailed. God wanted to remind Elijah of that truth. That his hope was alive. Queen Jezebel, the prophets of Baal, and the forces of darkness would not come against our God. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Our God has a salvation history of defeating evil and darkness. We can remember the cross and we know that it would not be Jesus' final resting place, amen? God's sovereignty and providence proved to be stronger than the Romans in the schemes of Satan. Our God overcame. And this gives us hope in the face of COVID, in the face of racism, that they will not overcome the kingdom of God. Therefore, hope was ready for Elijah. And I stand before you this morning testifying that that same hope is ready for us to take hold of. If we can look beyond our depression, beyond our fear, beyond our present circumstance in order to trust in God and see his salvation. With that, I ask you, what is it that you can do to cultivate hope in your life? Hope requires us to spend time alone in prayer with God, to talk with Him daily, to spend time reading His Word. These church answers don't usually mean too much to us, but when we say them in the context of hope, we find something that we need to crave, that we need to thrive under, this enduring hope that God has given us. Do you have that time carved out into your schedule? I invite you this week to spend at least five to ten minutes a day praying and spending quiet time with God. Prayer and scripture can help us win the daily fight. It can be our greatest weapon in the fight of our lives for hope. Second, I invite you to start to speak life into yourself. I invite you each week in the month of August to find a promise of God that you can speak into your current situation or life circumstance. Lastly, find you a friend, if you haven't already, that can keep you accountable, reminding you of the hope that we have in God. Whether it's a phone call, a text, a FaceTime, or a direct message or DM, build up that hope accountability with a friend that will point you to the truth. My friends, in this life, there are going to be times where all of us may feel alone. There are going to be times where you might feel like you can't go any longer. There are going to be times where you feel like you are ready to toss in the white towel, where you feel like you need to surrender to fear, where you need to feel like you can need to give way to depression. But man, trust me, I know that COVID has got us down, that the hatred and the violence that we see around us might cause us to wonder if God still cares about us, if he is still there. But God is bigger than you thought. God is bigger than I thought. Is there still any hope to be had? You bet there is. 
That hope is found in the cross. All we need to do is look there. Our hope is built on the idea that God is strong enough to save us. That God is strong enough to deliver us from whatever situation we are in. It requires that we trust in His sovereignty. That we trust in His providence and His plan for creation and for ourselves. Because of Jesus, we know that the God of the universe is on our side. We know that God is willing to go through anything and everything to show us that He loves us. Take heart, Jesus has overcome the world. His love and the hope He has given us points us towards heaven and says there's still hope to be had, George. There's still hope to be had. So with that, I say, where is your hope, church? Is it in our God? For our God is the Lord God Almighty. Our God is the creator of all things. Our God is sovereign and He will make a way where there is none. Our God is calling on us this morning to put our faith, to put our trust, to put our hope in Him. So where is your hope, church? Where is your hope? Because the Lord God Almighty is strong enough to prevail. Again, I say hope whispers, God will deliver. If I could sing, I'd sing this hymn to y'all, but I'm going to say it right now. Soft is the voice of an angel, breathing a lesson unheard. Hope with a gentle persuasion, whispers a comforting word. Wait till the darkness is over. Wait till the tempest is done. Hope for the sunshine tomorrow, after the darkness is gone. Whispering hope, oh how welcome thy voice, making my heart any sorrow rejoice. And I read that last line again. Whispering hope, oh how welcome thy voice, making my heart any sorrow rejoice. Amen. You please bow your heads with me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I come before you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for just how wonderful you are. I thank you, God, for the hope that we have in you that tells us, God, that you are so much more, that you are so much more than our circumstance, that you are greater than the trouble, the depression, the fear that we face around us. You are stronger, God. You can strengthen us in this time of, of need and of social distancing and of isolation to say, man, that you are for us. You are not against us. You will comfort us, God, and you will wrap your ever-loving arms around us like you did Elijah. A gentle whisper, a gentle persuasion, a gentle push in the right direction to continue in the hope that is promised because of you, because of the God that we serve. We love you, Lord, and we truly do thank you for who you are. Amen. It's at this time... It's at this time that I invite any of you right now in the sanctuary and online, if you have yet to receive Jesus into your heart and to know the hope that I'm talking about right now, the hope that I'm speaking of today, if you want some access to that, I can tell you it's there. It's there. It is here this morning and it is, avail it is available to you for free. <laughs> you don't have to pay anything for it. Jesus has paid all of it. He has paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. So if it, is, if it is your desire to accept him as your Lord and Savior, to invite Jesus into your heart, then I invite all of us to now stand and to pray this prayer with me, this prayer of salvation. Let it be a reminder to us all of Jesus. Dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth that I have sinned and fallen short 
but that you are Lord, I will be saved. So now, I invite you into my heart. I want a relationship with you, Jesus. You are Lord of my life. And from this point forward, I choose to serve you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, then I invite you to tell somebody about it online, on Facebook or on YouTube. Type salvation in the chat and we will have our Digi ministers connect with you to tell you what that decision exactly means. I can tell you it means you're a brother or sister in Christ and that you are in my family, just like everyone is here. Amen. Also, too, if you want to connect with us and to be a part of the St. Paul Church, then I invite you to type the words connect. If you want to be a part of this fellowship, if you watched online today and you've joined in with us and you said, man, this church is something I want to be a part of. I can tell you God is doing amazing things at St. Paul. If you click the connect button, you can chat with the Digi, Digi Minister or email us at connect at spbcnc.org and we will get to you. We will reach out to you. I guarantee you within 48 hours, I believe is what pastor says. We will, we will reach out to you and make sure that you understand that decision. Maybe it's baptism that you require. And if that's the case, then I invite you to type baptism in there as well and type connect at spbcnc.org and let us know if you would like to go through this baptism. We don't know what this COVID situation presents to us and how we will be able to baptize, but man, we can make a way. God will make a way for it to happen. Lastly, if you want to connect with us under Watch Care, I invite you to type Watch Care or email us at, again at connect at spbcnc.org. We would love to have you. And if you decide today that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I can tell you that that is the best decision that you will ever make. It gives access to hope that does not end. A hope that says that this life isn't all that we have left, y'all. That this life isn't all that we have to look forward to. But man, that when we see God face to face, man, that is the day. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Would you guys please go ahead and bow your heads with me as I go ahead and bless and give you the benediction and we will be on our way. Dear Heavenly Father God, let your face shine upon us, Lord. Let it be with us this day and every day, God. Let your enduring hope, your salvation be with us, God, and deliver us from any part, any part of life's troubles or life's harms. Let it, let it, let it God, help us to prevail and to move forward into the light, into the joy that it is to know you, to know a living Savior. I pray, God, that we live with a living Savior mindset, that we live with a hope that lasts, a hope that endures. Be with us as we go about our week, God. Bless us and keep us safe in this time of craziness. Watch over us, Lord. We know that you are strong enough. We have hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. Thank you guys so much. Take care. What a time, family. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist. And here's what's happening with St. Paul. Yeah, just put a jacket on so you won't. Anyway, your testimonials about your push to do better with your physical temple have been so inspiring. People all over Facebook and the world are watching us get St. Paul fit. Keep it up. 
Monday's uploads drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, just in time for an afternoon workout. So get your water and your towel, and let's continue to get St. Paul fit. each Wednesday at 8.15 for a quick 15. A quick 15 is a brief time to connect with Pastor Scott and the St. Paul family in prayer and devotion. Join us each Wednesday by dialing 425-585-7753 to participate. And if you call in at 8 p.m. instead of 8.15, you'll be able to chat with the other St. Paul family members on the line before the call starts at 8.15 sharp. It is yet another way for us to stay together and connected as a family, even during these socially distant times. So we'll meet you on the line for a word and prayer on Wednesday. The 2020 census has been extended to October 31st. The results of the census will help determine how hundreds of billions of dollars in federal funding and we sure need it, flow into our communities each year for the next decade. That funding shapes so many different aspects of our community, no matter the size or location. Join me in taking a vital step to shaping our future and the future of our community. Go to 2020census.gov for more details and fill out the census form for every person who lives in your household. I've already done it, it took five minutes, just go ahead and make yourself count. And that's what's happening. Please stay home and safe as we worship and fellowship together in a variety of ways. We do miss you and look forward to when we'll see you again in the house. In the meantime, you can check out the church website or contact the church office if you have any questions or need more details. Also, make sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, and YouTube. This has been your St. Paul News, and until next time, be blessed.